Hey, it's part three of this broadcast from November 4th, 2013. Melvin Gibbs in the studio with me talking about Ronald Shannon Jackson in the wake of his passing. If you don't know Melvin Gibbs's work, you have to do a deep dive just on that. And when you see all the connections he has to music that you love, and then find out about the original stuff that he is creating that in the same way that the music he was making that you're hearing in this program with Shannon Jackson was unlike anything else. Work that Melvin's doing is unlike anything else. Uh, the group Harriet Tubman and then also the things that he produces on his own just go into a whole other whole other place. And... Um, so let's get into it. This is uh, the last of these three with Melvin. But uh, next week, as I broadcast this in uh, August of 2021, uh, we're going to rebroadcast the show we did with Jack DeSalvo, who actually, I think, was introduced to this whole universe by Melvin. And uh, we'll get into that. And Jack brings a whole other degree of insight. And that'll be three episodes. And then three episodes of Deep Focus with Vernon Reed. And that's, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of very rich, rich mind here. Okay, here's part three. Melvin Gibbs on Ronald Shannon Jackson, November 4th, 2013. We only got from him, and we kind of went and go back and... He had a particular turn of phrase for it. We were talking about this very subject in the hospital and what I didn't know, I don't know that he knew, were his last days. And he was talking more freely and openly about uh, a lot of big range of things than he ever had with me. And um, he said it was a drummer's job to put his boot in your ass. <laughs> well, he did a pretty good job, I tell you. That's what he said. He said and he was very, You'll and he, find a shoe print on, <laughs> you know, go back. If you could find some of my pants from the 80s, you'd find, some, you know, you'd find a, a you know, a snakeskin boot print on, <laughs> right. on it for sure. Right. Right. There are going to be some cowboy boots. Yeah, so some sure. Texas cowboy boots. I, that's a, a story for another time, going, going boot shopping in Texas with Shannon. Yeah. I could tell you about that. But, um, no, he and he talked about, uh, you know, Art Blakey and some other drummers that, you know, inspired him. You wouldn't necessarily think that's in there to listen to this music, but that's that's the frame of reference that he was thinking. And he uh, was very interesting listening to other drummers with him. He it it irked him to hear a drummer, no matter how good his time might be, if he was just touching the drums, it, it just upset him in a deep way. It was, that's not what drums are for. That's not what you do. There are, there's a right way to do it, and that's not it. You had to, you had to make some sound. You had to smack the drums. Yeah. So uh, we've got another very magical recording. Yes, this is a quite interesting recording. Uh, I don't know what song you're queuing up now. I don't either. Uh, I got the first one queued up, but uh, actually, I do. do I don't know too much. Too? I don't have a don't proper breakdown of what is on that one. No, because it's a really hilarious gig. I mean, I was listening to the one. I don't know if you're going to get to it. I mean, we should cue it or not. But uh, it's really funny because it's a tape 
that's obviously somebody was like in the audience and yeah. you can hear the audience talking but there's a couple of songs where we there was like some traffic going by and there was a truck dropping stuff and at one point the band just started playing to like the ambient noises that were going <laughs> around and it's really amazing just that we you know we just kind of just like okay we're well we should talk about what this was i i happened to be at that gig yeah. that day actually well it was in new haven i, I don't remember too much honestly too much about that gig because uh but i do when i was listening to that i remembered that moment particularly when the fire truck went by and i remember that the stuff was I remember that there was a bunch of stuff going on during my bass solo. At one point, I just said, you know what? Okay, I just got to make this part of the thing or it's just going to drive me up the wall. And, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember this. Yeah. It was uh, 2002. It was part of the Real Artways yeah. Outdoor Festival. It was at, uh, at Trinity College. Yeah. Big outdoor college quad. Beautiful summer afternoon into evening. And... Um, Trying to remember who was on the bill with you guys. Well, thanks for painting the picture, Summer Afternoon. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I just remember it was New Haven. uh, It was. But, I mean, you know, you picture New Haven. Hartford. Hartford. It was Hartford. Uh, Hartford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Hartford. Trinity's a Hartford. Yeah, that's where it was. Well, saying that that's a whole other thing. I should remember Hartford because that meant some of my family was probably at that gig. Uh, I remember Doug Wimbish was at that gig. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, 2002. And it was, this was the trio. Mm Mm-hmm. Just you and you on bass, Vernon Reed on guitar, Ronald Shannon Jackson on drums. Yes. And did you guys have the name? I think it was at that gig. It's the first time I heard Vernon refer to it. I think, and I don't know if it was in the moment that he coined the idea of calling it the encryption trio. Yeah, that was pretty much the the day when that kind of just jumped out. So the and when we were kids, we were decoding. Now we're encrypting. Now somebody else is going to have to decode it later. The. Uh, you guys were laying the groundwork for Edward Snowden. Yes, exactly. <laughs> NSA got all their best ideas <laughs> from this band. So, miraculously, there is actually a document of this moment. And it's not a bad recording, yeah. although you will hear people chattering. And uh, shall we? Yes, we shall. Let's get in the Wayback Machine. The year is 2002. You're listening to WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. Program is Deep Focus. Our subject, Ronald Shannon Jackson. Our guest, Melvin Gibbs. Let's go.
<laughs> Out of the darkness that covers me Black as the pit from pole to hole I think whatever God's made For my uncomfortable soul That is a bona fide. Mr. Ronald Shannon Jackson on drums. Ah. Mr. Melvin Gibbs announcing Mr. Ronald Shannon Jackson. That's a live recording in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, 2002. Part of, uh, I think it was part of Real Artways Festival. Angelique Kidjo, the opening act that, that afternoon. Yes, I do remember that. And uh, it was a beautiful experience. And, and there's the music. Yeah. 
Every bit as wonderful as it was that day. Every beer as wonderful as it was back then, for sure. Well, how was it after you? I'm trying to think. It had to be a good 15 years or more since you played with Shannon. I think. I don't think there was. No, I hadn't gotten back. It was a lot of fun. You know, it's kind of like it's like. Uh... And you and just to you sort of Excuse referred me. to this as I interrupt you before you answer my own question. Go I'll ahead. throw more Speak. at you, but to give listeners a little bit of background, because it's very interesting to me that uh, when the early recordings with the Decoding Society, you and Vernon are in your early 20s, Shannon's around 40, and you guys, there's this sense of finding this thing that no one's ever found before and that you've never found before, and it's, it's kind of exploding out of your fingertips. And then now cut to 2002 when this recording was made, Vernon's done the whole circuit as a bona fide rock star and you were on the road in Rollins band and you'd had your own band major label release and all this other stuff and both you guys have been in countless other kind of performance environments since then grown man now and you guys are in your mid 30s or so and uh kind of makes me think of Robert Johnson you got this you've said your fond farewell and now you come back you got a great long story to tell it's another world you come back to yeah yeah it was i mean you know it's interesting to come back because i mean at the end of the day nobody else played the way shannon did you know what i mean and there was just certain information that he didn't we had developed with him and certain ways of thinking about things that just he was a natural person to do it with, you know. So, and it was also a question of, you know, I guess by that point, you know, I guess Vernon hadn't had the kid yet. But we were sort of mature people and we were able to deal with another mature person in another way. So we actually got to experience another part of who Shannon was. It wasn't just like the dad putting, you know, putting the foot to you like okay go out there you know I mean we had done our own little putting our foot to ourselves and gotten to a certain level so when we got in the room with him it was a different thing and it was much more comfortable for him because he had gotten this experience of a bunch of other musicians and he knew what worked and didn't work and we, every, it was just really kind of like nice you know and even listening to the stuff I mean you can hear a certain like Vernon's compositions, for example, I mean, those compositions, I've heard those compositions played with a few different people, and I played some of them with him with different people, but with Shannon, you know, it just has a certain thing that it doesn't have with other people. And because he's, you know, A, because he's a unique individual, and B, because he understands Vernon's playing in a different way than other people do. So it put a different thing on him, you know. It, it put a different thing on on. Vernon's playing and put a different thing on my playing and put a different thing on on all of us because you have to remember I mean you know me and Vernon know each other a long time now and we've been playing together a long time and we have our own little linguistic thing that we do the two of us that we don't even talk about anymore so to have to be with somebody else who's who understands that language makes things you know not that Shannon's the only one but 
It's he, short list. It's 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 a short list, and he's kind of he was the Godfather. You know what I mean? So he he has that place of prominence. Was uh, did you tour as that trio? Did you record as that trio? Well, we tried. I mean, I have we did a recording session, and I guess there's maybe an EP's worth of usable stuff from that recording session. Roger Kramer. Yeah. Looking at you. And uh, um, there's a couple of, uh, from that tour, I don't know if there's any totally clean recordings. There's a TV show that was, who was the producer of that TV show now? I can't remember. Some criminal. (laughs) (laughs) That was, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, uh. I uh, <laughs> did make a TV show with you guys. That was actually '99. That was yeah. three years before that. This, was, so I wasn't so, even thinking so about that's, that. That's there's some you know there's some stuff, and then there was the the last tour, which was what was that 2010, 2011, where that's where Shannon's how it actually really started to deteriorate was at that point. But there's actually a really great performance of the at the Morris Festival that there is a video of that needs to be tracked down with all the other things that we're going to be tracking down when we start nailing stuff down. A question that I asked that we sort of uh, scared away from a little bit or you, I want to go back to um, that was really interesting to me when you were saying that Shannon locked on Vernon and said bring him to rehearsal mm-hmm. and uh just maybe we can uh, open that up a little bit more. What uh, what you think he might have been responding to, and well, it's a combination of elements. You know, it's kind of like first of all, it's not a secret that Vernon is a very intelligent person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, he was also sort of at that point where he was open to, you know, influence in a certain kind of way, and. Shannon was looking for people who had the right combination of elements as far as who understood the music and also were younger. I mean, he was consciously looking for, like, you know, kids is too strong a word, but he was looking for people who had a, who had energy. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he didn't do too good with the disciple thing <laughs> with me, it must be said. <laughs> I was a very bad disciple. I was a good student, but a bad, it's not the same thing. I mean, Sunra had disciples. Right, that's you know? true. Uh, Shannon kind of had students, mm. or, or protégés, or, or mentees, mm. you know, and... Uh, How, run, what, what, what distinction are you making there? Well, you know, I mean, everybody flew to Coop and did their own thing. What he get the information he gave us, we took took it to the next natural step. Whereas, you know, some of the other people, Sunrise guys, they kind of felt like they needed to to stay in the nest, yeah, to make the thing work. You know, it was for Shannon. I guess Miles is a better comparison mm-hmm. in that way. That you know, you you find some strong guys and then you strengthen them further and then they go do their thing and then you can reconvene at some point in the future if, if so need be. Mm. And that's kind of what happened with, with that. But I think he responded to the fact that, well, I think part of it, you know, I, I like to think part of it is that he trusted that if, if dude was my friend, <laughs> right. his thing was going to be at a certain level because I wouldn't bring him around otherwise. And uh, he also... I mean, you can tell. I remember, I'll give you an example. 
a similar example because I'm not going to take any responsibility. There's no <laughs> way I can take any responsibility for, you know, this person's talent. But I remember we were doing uh, a gig with the band I have with Brandon and Russ and JT Lewis, Harry Tubman. We did a double bill with Vernon, triple bill, because it was Vernon's, uh, I guess, the Science Project band or right. Mask, maybe. I can't remember which one. And Dave Fusinski's band. Right. And I remember standing at the door where this woman walks in with some drumsticks in her hand. And I just looked at her. I said, okay, this is something really ugly is getting ready to happen tonight. I was there. (laughs) And she just walked in, and I was just kind of like, okay, this woman is about to murder the drums. Yes. Mickey uh, Glassby. Exactly. Oh, my God. Who ended up playing with Beyonce. Yeah. And uh, she, oh, my. (laughs) There were a whole bunch of drummers in the house, partly because there were three bands, but also these three bands are playing. I want to go see them. And everybody, just there were a whole bunch of people there. And I remember drummers, named drummers, who could play, who were like... Well, I remember when she walked... I don't know if I was talking to Vernon or Brandon, but I remember when she walked in, she just walked in, and I was just kind of like, okay, something really bad is about to happen. And I'm sure when Shannon saw Vernon, thinking back, he could see, okay, whatever it is that you're supposed to have to be great, then Vernon had it, you know? Yeah. Did I ruin your story? No. (laughs) Because it's the same, you know, it is is pretty much that's it. I mean, he just kind of saw that there was something there. And the thing is, when somebody has something, you have to be willing to let it blossom. A lot of people needed Vernon to fit into their thing because, you know, when you're hiring a musician, you're hiring, you're not hiring necessarily a a visionary. Right. You're hiring somebody to do a job. What do you guys say? Like, oh, who are you using on drums? Exactly. Who are you using? Pretty much. And, you know, (laughs) Vernon was, I mean, was not, you know, he's, he's, it's not like it wouldn't be fair to say that he isn't a good session man because obviously he's done some great recording sessions, but he's he's more than that. Yeah, and to be able to, and Shannon understood that. And that's yeah. the nutshell of the story. Yeah. Well, you guys could uh, could go there in a way, if you can. Yeah, and for um, me it was interesting because you know I was always the son of outlier dude from the neighborhood. I mean, it's like, I'm kind of like the, you know, the ugly duckling or whatever, you know, that took forever to turn into a swan, (laughs) you know, know, because all of my friends for the neighborhood, they were all doing all of these great gigs. And I was all kind of like, I just don't really want to do that. I want to play this, you know, I want to find something different. So I kind of went around looking for these people and I managed to kind of stumble onto the scene kind of when it was blossoming and I kind of stayed in my little like side corner the whole time and uh you know for me it was you know really interesting to see again like I said earlier how uh Vernon managed to transcend getting stuck in a box because he had just such a singular thing you know he's not I mean you don't think of him you think of him as a guitar player, yeah, because he's a great guitar player, but he's a guy who got, you know, he's got a great band. He's not just, he's, he's more than his instrument. So uh, I think that even in the beginning stages of having that level of vision is something that you can, you know, somebody who's perceptive can see that, you know. Yeah, that, that it's yeah. Gonna, I'm, I'm, you know, that's probably how it was with, I don't know, 
who can we pull that has nothing to do with it? I don't want to like you know Feynman or something like some physicist where you're like, right. okay, this guy's really out there, but he's got something. You know? Yeah, we just got to let him. We got to figure out what the hell it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shannon definitely he was uh, he had his ears on yep. all the time. He was very incredibly perceptive, incredibly yeah. quick take on people and uh usually there was something behind it well you know he he had to hustle man it's like you can't you know you gotta be able to think quick on the street (laughs) you know he did have that aspect of like okay i can size this situation up pretty quickly yeah 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 he uh he had an album street priest and there was uh that's a funny juxtaposition of ideas but that that uh you know night creature yeah. <laughs> with the uh with the infrared vision he definitely had that quality for sure should we go back to hartford yes let's go that back was cool to man scenic hartford connecticut pick up where we left off or was there a particular track you wanted to hear or uh i actually really like what i played that day it's kind of like okay. but i don't know what track that was on so i don't know if we're gonna have time to get to it so we might need to fish around a little yes yeah, so we only got 15 minutes so yeah well this would be uh maybe you should go up one i think uh the fourth track shannon was doing more of the vocalizing that was shannon by the way yeah, with the, the uh narration if to that's a suitable word yeah. and I think the fourth track he did some more of that the fifth track might be Shalmai alright then it would be the sixth one let's see where we land let's try it let's just let's just have a a toss at this dear listener so uh, all of this music we're playing tonight is available nowhere else it's not commercially available you will find recordings from Ronald Shannon Jackson at iTunes you will find more recordings of Ronald Shannon Jackson at iTunes in the near future. So definitely check back there. There's uh, there's uh, most of his recordings as a leader are kind of in a relatively short span of time from like around early 80s to mid 90s, but um, came out on a variety of labels. So you might find, if you look, you'll find. If you look, you will find. And uh, all of it is has merit and uh, particular recordings of his with Melvin Gibbs um, is stuff that will come to light on iTunes in the near future and uh, we'll tell you about more about that when we have stuff that we can tell you about I haven't asked you Melvin if you've got uh, anything that you want to let people know about I want to hear Black Sun and I don't know if you just did this fantastic tour that you kind of tossed off mentioning but uh it's a magical band and i have not heard that music i'm wondering if that or anything else what you might have coming along well we're figuring out how we can uh get the thing done in new york there's a couple of things floating around i can't really say anything because nothing's nailed down but uh, But the, the band that just toured europe is essentially you're the band you're part of harriet tubman you with brandon ross on guitar jt lewis on drums and also, this now is with Cassandra Wilson singing. Yeah, so basically we are a four-piece band with Cassandra as our lead singer. And she's writing, you know, material is coming from everybody. We've got a couple of, you know, uh, modern standards. 
and the rest of the songs are either written by myself or Cassandra or the band as a whole. And we had a great little tour of Europe, and we got a really good response, you know, because people, it's one of those things because we haven't had anything recorded out live yet, and Cassandra's fans were kind of keyed up to hear Cassandra's music, and they kind of got something else. But the vast majority of them really enjoyed what they heard, so it went over well, and she's playing some guitar, and that's pretty interesting. Cool. Yes. Yeah, because it's, ironically enough, I compare her to Sonny Chirac. Really? Yeah, she's just way out there on some nice. <laughs> she's just far out there. She's her guitar playing has you know little or nothing to do with what you would expect cool. to relate to her singing. Right, so, right, right. Wow. As she develops the guitar playing, it's gonna you know I think people will be pleasantly surprised. You know, yeah, because the the raw element is actually really cool. Ah. And she's singing great, and it, it's it's a really you know it, it was really fun to do the tour, and she seemed to enjoy it. And I guess we'll be we're actually going down to Mississippi for anybody who wants to hop on the plane. Yes, we'll be playing in Jackson, Missis- Jackson, Mississippi, at her club, the Yellow Scarf, on the 14th and 15th of this month. Wow. And I guess that's our U.S. tour. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will be playing in the New York area uh, within the next. You know, a few months or whatever. I just am not in a position to nail any dates down for anybody right now. But keep an eye out for the project because. And it'll be billed as Black Sun, or it will be billed as the world's longest uh, <laughs> Harriet Tubman and Cassandra Wilson present Black Sun. Okay, that's how it is billed. So then, that's what you will see. I like it. I like it. I want to hear it. Uh, we're. Uh, Maybe we should just say our fare thee wells and send them off with a little more Hartford, that being the case. Because I'm looking, it's it's eight minutes to nine. We're going to have to run away. Uh, I, I, just, I can't believe three hours flies by, man. It, it literally flew by. I just want to say something the Michaelis, my, Roger Kramer said. He was talking about the fact that over the years, our sonic, mind of Vernon, sonic, sonic palette uh, expanded and... Uh, develop drastically and yeah you can really hear it on on these uh encryption recordings how how far we've taken the sonic aspect of what we were kind of groping for back in the 80s in terms of figuring out how to catch these uh kind of abstract sounds in a bottle and make it something that speaks in a musical way well another subtopic for the uh grad level uh thesis that we were talking about the early 80s which happens to be the period of time when you guys this phase of discovery of the decoding society was there was also all kinds of new technology showing up for musicians Mm -hmm. that you guys were plowing into and tearing apart and putting back together and finding new things with and some of it was great and some of it yeah Yeah. it was the 80s some of it but it was it was a journey, and Vernon, you know, as as I had mentioned in the break, we used, back in the early days we used to call Vernon Inspector Gadget because he would have every possible pedal that came out. He would have, and he would check it out, and he would figure out how to get it to do something that it maybe wasn't really supposed to do. And so that's that's the thing that for him and for me it became a thing of actually started from that New Music America show where I really kind of started exploring. 
the the science of sound and figuring out how to make that work on the low end, you know. And after going to Europe a couple of times and realizing that if I didn't figure out what the heck I was doing, these soundmen were going to murder me because they just didn't un, didn't and to a certain extent they do now a lot more thanks ironically enough thanks to the dance music community they get bass a lot better in Europe than they used to, but it it's an ongoing struggle. Mm-hmm. And by the time they figure it out, you are going to be onto something else. Of course. Melvin Gibbs, our guest tonight on Deep Focus, the subject, Ronald Shannon Jackson, and this recording, once again, it's from the KCR archives, is the Encryption Trio, Melvin, Vernon Reed on guitar, Ronald Shannon Jackson on the drums in Hartford, Connecticut, 2002, and uh, all of this is overshadowed by the knowledge uh with Ronald Shannon Jackson's passing a couple of weeks back, there was always this hope that something, the, maybe the greatest, most marvelous thing of all, still lay ahead of us. And that may be, but he will not be part of it, and that's something we're kind of uh, wrapping our heads around. I just want to send a little shout-out to the New York family, if in case they're listening. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Sunday. Hey, talk. I yes. hope everything's going good with you guys. Yes, and we share your feelings of loss and of love for uh, Ronald Shannon Jackson, whose uh, influence is still still mighty among us, for sure. I'm Mitch Goldman. Stay with us, because we got five minutes in Hartford with Encryption Trio. Melvin, thank you for coming up. Thank you for having me. There will be more. Watch this space for further details. Yes! Why? Some of you may ask why. Some of you may ask why. of the left and the avant-garde and retreat. (laughs) And this song is dedicated to another phenomenal musician who is no longer with us, but who is always with us, Mr. Sonny Chirac.